Courage or crazy? Courage to get through life and a whole lot of crazy to survive life. Trapper, Teresa, and Cheryl, your ambassadors of Courage or Crazy. Sharing life with you, uncensored and unfiltered. Real life, real people, real courage, real crazy. Hi, welcome to a new episode of Courage or Crazy. Today we have an exciting and special guest, uh, Regina Rosenberg with us, um, joining us to um, follow up to a topic that um, we discussed with with Cheryl um, on adoption. And um, Regina, welcome to Courage or Crazy. And um, I'll allow you to uh, introduce yourself and give us some background and Anything you want us to know about you? All right. Uh, so, uh, as you said, I'm Regina Rosenberg. I am uh, Cheryl's half, youngest half-sister, actually. Um, I am the youngest of four children from my mother, and I'm the oldest of two children from my biological father. Um, I work in the private sector or public sector actually um, in children's services. I also spent um, some time in the military and uh, geez um, I don't even know what else to say. Um, I kind of feel like um, well I guess there's that you know piece of I'm a lesbian. have been probably my whole entire life, um, but you know, socially acceptable uh, things led that to be later in uh, my teens to come out. Um, I was able to marry back in 2017 um, and was gifted two daughters. And yeah, that kind of brings us to today. Mm-hmm. Well, that was short, really sweet, and concise. <laughs> hey, some people are not like you, <laughs> and they can get to well, the point quicker. <laughs> well, I kind of, um, I talk a lot too, so don't let that fool you. Um, that's probably um, hereditary. But, um, <laughs> I was just going to say, is that a first question? Do we think that was hereditary? <laughs> I, uh, I that obviously like came from that. mom's side. <laughs> Right, right. So I kind of feel like, uh, yeah, a lot of the things I think are going to be discussed within the questions. So mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do a spoiler. Oh no, oh, definitely no. not. Like, no spoilers yeah. here. All right, I guess I'll go with asking the first question. Sure, you go ahead. As soon as I figure out one. All right, we'll start with number one on the list, actually, because I think it's the most important place to start. When did you first find out that you had an adopted brother, then a sister, and how did you find out about each one of them? Um, so yeah, you know, uh, lots of surprises um, in my, we'll call it early teen to early um, adult years. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out about my brother um when you know i want to say i was like 13 but it could have been as early as 12. um i have a pretty vivid memory of going to uh gosh 
um, I hope you have a piece of paper out, but you may have already gone through all this with, with Cheryl. So um, I the memory is, is uh, going to Mary's house, which back, back then I would have thought was my grandmother. Um, and uh, mom going off having some sort of quote unquote private conversation. And then uh, Ricky later showing up. Um, but then I didn't know anything then. Um, but then uh, it was a short time later that Ricky came to the house uh, that we were living in and I, I was introduced to Ricky. It was kind of like a shocker. Um, and then, um, like I said, I was between 12 and 13. Um, I vividly remember uh, jokingly saying to mom, um, hey, are there any others? Uh, and of course, mom was adamant about the fact that no, there weren't, there weren't any others. And then I believe, well, I was home on leave um, in my early 20s. Um, actually, um, I was home to drive a car back to California for my then girlfriend. Um, and my brother um, pulled me aside and said, hey, we have a sister. I said, yeah, I know. Yeah, she's right around the corner. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, he's like, yeah, nope, that's not what I mean. And I'm like, no. Mom promised. Mm. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> um, and then uh, he proceeded to say, or tell me about uh, Cheryl. And I was pretty upset. Um, not necessarily about knowing about Cheryl. Um, but you. the fact that, uh, <laughs> um, I came later in life, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to hold it. <laughs> um, but no, just the, it's that trust factor, you know, that I felt like, um, you know, I've been lied to. And, um, so I was really angry. Um, I was actually, uh, I, and I confronted my mother before I left, uh, to return to California. And uh, I conveniently did it when I was driving and she was a passenger so that I could be in control of the situation. <laughs> Very good. Mm -hmm. And um, driving down Westmidge, and uh, that may not mean anything to uh, the two of you, but Cheryl definitely knows what Westmidge traffic is like. Right. And um, so I kind of caught her off guard and uh, um, she then shared um, and I believe, uh, maybe uh, Cheryl's memory could serve better than mine, mine but I, did we meet before I went back to California? Did, did it no. not happen until, okay. You were living in so, Ohio yeah. when I first met you. Okay. Yeah. So then, then, you know, so my angry self went back to California. Um, and then, so it was a couple years later, uh, when we actually had the opportunity to meet. So. That had to put a real stress but on the relationship with your mother. I, is, yeah. is that something that, I mean, did you feel yourself like, what the hell? Because we look to our parents and expect them to, well, I mean, they lie to us about Santa Claus and all this other <laughs> right. stuff. Right. Yeah. But we're not talking about something like that. Well, but yeah, but you see, to me, I I was raised a Jehovah Witness, so, you know, those kind of lies were never really, mm -hmm. you know, told, um, so, yeah, I mean, even, even those little childish, uh, lies, um, yeah, it kind of looked, 
but you know, I didn't have necessarily uh, that, you know, middle class. Well, I hate to, I hate to even call it that. I didn't have a normal childhood. Let's put it that way. Mm, so um, to know there was a lot of uh, a lot of things that happened in my younger years. Um, that even as a teen and such uh, wavered that trust mm -hmm. um, with my mom anyway. Um, but uh, there was, you know, it was always the fact that, you know, she was my mother. So there was that sense of, you know, respect, um, yeah. you know, so. That loyalty. I mean, we all have a loyalty yeah. to our parents regardless. Yeah. Even yeah, we, when it's not necessarily so deserving. So it's true. Trapper, did you right. you ready to go and ask a question, or Cheryl, or you ask? Uh, a question? yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready. Okay, hell yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> um, He's here. I have like five questions in a row, Regina. So um, <laughs> please bear with okay. me. <laughs> um, like uh, I guess for all of our viewers and and listeners, uh, today is an important topic for us, and I should have prefaced that when we started, but um, uh, later in life. Regina and Cheryl connected, and they are sisters. Um, and Cheryl, um, I always get Cheryl's um, hillbilly story a little bit wrong. So <laughs> if I'm wrong, Cheryl, you can correct me. But Cheryl, you were actually adopted out of the family, correct? I was. I was. Okay. All right. I uh, I, I remembered that. So um, Regina, <laughs> did it take some courage or crazy to participate today? That's like my first question. <laughs> um. I would have to say it's, it, you know, it's funny because I was trying to, uh, you know, I was talking with my wife a little bit about, you know, that crazy and, and uh, courageous theme and everything. And it didn't necessarily center around the conversation today, um, but throughout the last um, week that I, well, it's been longer than that, but through, the, through this last week of committing to today, um, it's definitely drummed up several memories, mm -hmm. um, some fun ones, uh, some, wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so I guess in that sense, um, I would, I would classify it as a little of both, um, you know, because damn, we were kind of crazy and courageous to kind of <laughs> do some of the things that we did. Right. Um, not, just, yeah, just. You know, as as young adults, in uh, you know, even prior to you know meeting right. and finding out about each other, I know that yeah. doesn't answer your question, but it does. I guess there was. I should have said, did it take courage, crazy, or are you in the situation sometimes me and Teresa are in, where Cheryl just says it, and we just have to do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, she give you a choice. Yeah, she did. Good, good, good to know. Good to know. You know, I I also wanted to ask you. I know um, when when you introduce yourself, you say you said and indicated for our, our listeners that you work in the public sector, um, specifically in a very niche demographic of service, which is um, child services. I I wanted to ask. Um, did did your experience with your siblings and 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 find out some were adopted? And your childhood, did that have any um, uh, influence over going into the professional field that you've gone into? 
Great question. So actually, um, at a at very young age, obviously, uh, knowing that I wasn't quote unquote normal, um, you know, to me it was normal, but maybe not to society. Right. Um, I, you know, I had, you know, I've always uh, wanted to go into law enforcement and um, I actually started my education um, in criminal justice and, you know, I would get um, some kind of backlash on that. Like, oh, no, you should be a teacher. Um, and so during that time frame that, uh, you know, I went to college for a year or so and then it was like, you know, I really don't want to, I don't want to do this. So, you know, what do I want to do when I grow up? And so that's when, you know, the decision was, the decision was made to go in the military. Um, and then, you know, of course, then I already knew about Ricky and then um, did not know about Cheryl, obviously, as I just discussed. But um, I I have um, a nephew. And um, so when I returned from the military and met um, Cheryl and then, you know, my nephew um, in particular um, that I'm just talking about, not Cheryl's kids, but... Um, my older sister's uh, oldest. Um, he then he really struggled, and um, I was fortunate enough. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, Cheryl. <laughs> we, it's we um, keep it raw and real. Around I, here, I would offer so tissues, fun. but I can't get them through a microphone. Yeah. Cheryl, your tissues are on the corner of the table, though. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he was very special. I, I raised him. Um, for many years in his younger, um, in his childhood. And um, kind of, you know, got that niche uh, or that itch, so to speak, of that. This is really uh, where I want to be is I want to be working with kids that are struggling. Um, I want to be that support, uh, you know, and I, I have that you know, strong desire to be in law enforcement as well. And uh, so I eventually, uh, did make that decision to go back to college. Um, in the midst of that, um, when I was 25, and I don't, I don't think Cheryl shared this with you, um, I discovered, so when I was under six, I was actually um, adopted through um, another <laughs> marriage number two. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I became a Rosenberg. And so at age 25, you know, rolling forward um, on a visit to see my mom in Texas, um, it was shared with me that, and I think we were having another conversation on the, you know, the porch, drinking a cup of coffee. And of course, I probably said something smart, like, so are you sure there aren't any others? Yeah. Uh, and my mom proceeded to tell me that the person I thought was my birth father um, was not. And it really kind of struck me uh, pretty hard. Um, again, you know, cycling back to the young teen I was or preteen, finding out about Rick. And then uh, during those years, of my adolescent years of not really having a father figure around. And then I have, you know, a pretty, 
you uh you believe out cuss words or oh no no no, no. This, is a, this is a good <laughs> cussing zone we weren't cussing because we were trying to be courteous yes okay. whatever. Whatever. <laughs> say whatever the fuck you want or yeah choice of words but um, yeah say whatever Carol, the fuck you want in her previous life was probably a truck driver or a sailor so Sure um, say whatever you want, huh? little mama. Say whatever you want. <laughs> I wasn't saying so therefore. <laughs> See? There you so, go. Yeah. So, um, you know, some of the things that happened in my childhood were pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll leave it at, you know, we'll just kind of leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, struggling with the idea of what um, a father figure is and um, and then thinking in my adolescent brain, not understanding how a father could then give up a child um, just only to, to find out 12 years later, roughly, that, you know, well, that's because he wasn't really my father. So, um, so thankfully, uh, you know, when I was, I, I did uh, a stint, <laughs> it was more of a stint, I think it was like 10 years, but in restaurant management. And he happened to, uh, he was sitting on the counter at where I was working that day and uh, that was my who I thought was my birth father and so we were able to have some conversation and was was thankful that um, my mom had finally told told me the truth and we use that word loosely um, I just envisioned air quotes going on <laughs> as she's speaking yeah so. I almost did I almost put air quotes up because I was like I'm just not a Christian um, no, but I'm seeing them in my head, just so you know. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so when my mom did tell me uh, about uh, that person not being my uh, biological father, um, she provided me with what she did remember um, or what she chose to share with me. Um, and so she gave me some information um, and encouraged me to find this find him and um so you know although i'll you know we all know that 20 you know when i was 25 or you know that so that's 27 years ago 28 years ago um you know the computer just wasn't what it is today (laughs) yeah um you weren't able to spit in the cup and find out you Mm -hmm. know your 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 DNA match. Um, And so it was um, from 25 until 53, until I was able to find um, who I thought, or who who actually is um, my biological father. Um, And again, it wasn't, it was not the the person that she um, said it was, um, because I got that door slammed in my face. (laughs) Right. Um, Back in, Gosh, Cheryl, what was that? Was oh, that was a long time ago. Wasn't that like 16, 2016, 2018? Yeah, something like that, I believe. Somewhere around that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so circle back to Trapper's question as far as, you know, um, what led me uh, into this field? Uh, so, life. <laughs> I was going to, I was, um, after hearing that, that was going to be, it'd be a whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's kind of a pay it forward feeling. Thing almost, after hearing all of that, I would be, mm-hmm. yeah, I need to do. I want to do something that helps, right, children 
it's kind of like a pay it forward to me because, it, you know, I, I, I want to think that I'm a good parent. And uh, I think part of that reason was, um, you know, Regina, when we find out things, these new truths, as we call them, um, along the way, which always seem to ebb and flow into different levels of truth, but it, it, it is, we understand what that's like. I mean, I understand what it's like growing up adopted and all the emotional crap that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we it, talked about that. Yep, we talked about recording. it in my podcast. So I felt like more than anything, when I found out I was going to be a parent, that I literally had to make sure that they knew where they came from and knew that who they came from was going to be there every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what probably has driven Regina, correct me if I'm wrong, Reg, but you know, you know what it's like with all those young emotional things, not only finding out, you know, your sexual orientation and it, and the struggles of not being able to freely express that um, more so now today, but I know there's still obstacles that all of, you know, that you face even today, um, you know, finding out who you thought was your father wasn't, who you, you know, the ebb and flow of, of our biological mother and, and her struggles emotionally to deal with life sometimes, um, and her being lied to, which created another set of lies. So I, I think, you, you know, in your heart, you probably just were paying it forward. Like you got to help as many kids as you can so that maybe you can get them to not struggle the way you did emotionally. You know, I think it, it's important when people do this uh, line of work um, to have a level of empathy um, so that you can um, be with uh, rather than, you know, be over, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of course, there's a lot, you know, there are a large amount of people that are just even doing this line of work because you get paid so well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have often heard that it is one <laughs> yeah. of the like, top tier for yeah. pain. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Not. Uh-huh. Um, My sister. Yeah. You know the people. Yeah. <laughs> the, the people that are truly in this for the right reasons have, uh, you know, the the empathy, um, and, and you know, there's things that draw them to doing this. Um, so. It's, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a rescuer. It's just more along the lines of, um, you know, I guess paying it forward in a sense. Um, and I could see where you would say that. Um, you know, if I can, I have, I have quite a few fond memories uh, of certain, you know, families and, and kids that have impacted my life. Um, and, um but you know, my two, my both of my nephews. I mean, I, I was unfortunately I was only able to be in, in RJ's life for a very short period of time. In my perspective, um, you know, um, when I share when I lived with Cheryl for a short period of time, he was more in that age of annoyance. But he was <laughs> from, hey, I enjoyed spending uh-huh. some time with him, uh, and he he grew into this wonderful loving uh young man and uh, you know i have vivid memories of of him coming to the apartment and of course he was starving to death and we would feed him and 
um, send him on his way. Um, and that's that's the RJ I remember. Well, and the, the you know, annoying. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's a special level of annoying because I've, I mean, I've known Jake since he was, oh gosh, little but, guy. Yeah. And, you know, that annoying things for the boys. I, I never got to meet RJ, but I've met Tony. Oh, there are two peas in a pod. And I'm, mm-hmm. I've spent, and I can, I can kind of guess that that's a special level of annoying <laughs> with those boys. Oh, yeah. Truly. And, and I think they I all, think go, he, all went through it. <laughs> yeah, and I think he kind of had a little thumb on him mm-hmm. growing up, uh, so to speak. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe Jake, uh, you know, Maybe he knows that. Maybe he <laughs> right. yep. will will later in life. But I think that he had a a brother that kind of steered him from you know making some poor choices. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna get to a question that whoa, whoa, whoa. Trapper oh. has said he had five. Oh, questions. you had caught five. Oh, yeah. We haven't got through all of trappers. Go ahead, trap. Yeah, I had myself muted. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Like, this is super fascinating to me because um, I can't tell between Regina and Cheryl who has a stronger personality. And I've known Cheryl for a long time, and I've always been like, you know, um, I would put Cheryl up against anyone. She'll give any bitch a run for their money. But um, I can't tell which one of you has the strongest personality here. Uh, Cheryl oh, has repetition. You know... <laughs> And it's kind of fascinating that you guys connected, and um, I'm I'm really curious how how um, and Cheryl, you I mean, feel free to um, openly speak with Regina about this. But how did you both establish like some family dynamic? How did you um, make up for lost time? And you know, sometimes like when you grow up, like my sister's just a couple years younger than than I am, so like. When you grow up with siblings, like there's like some like rites of passage, right? Like mm, your sibling turns solidly. 21, you got to get them shit faced and drunk and, you know, all those things. So I'm just curious, like how, how, when you connected, like, how did you both go about like establishing that family connection and dynamic? Um, Diet Pepsi and Bud Light. <laughs> and Pucker. <laughs> oh, yes. And Pucker. <laughs> Like if you and and hookers, this is, okay, hookers or pucker? I didn't pucker, catch that. Pucker, you pup, remember pup, the puckers that used to be around? Oh, like the, pup, the pucker, apple yeah, pucker yeah, thing. I remember those puckers. Okay, yeah, so I thought, just I thought you said hookers, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I just thought like, okay, I, I'm not surprised. Cheryl's involved. <laughs> no, I haven't gone there. Uh, yeah. So I'm Arizona. I just have to interject. That there's a whole nother podcast that could be done over an evening at uh, my house in Waterbury, Michigan, sitting around a bonfire on a on a hay bale, passing around the bon, you know, passing around everybody at the bonfire a bottle of pucker, and then what Regina had to say about life. (laughs) Right, we'll call that one uh, puckers, fuckers, and hookers. Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
so we're going to yeah. bring Regina back to do nothing but talk about that story. So I'm, since I'm, we're on the story of adoption, I just wanted to throw that in there. I'm just finding it, you know, absolutely. Diet Pepsi. I mean, Regina, is that your drink? Oh, no, it was ours. So uh, it, it, it was no, back in the day. So, was I was guessing drinkers. more the beer was just Cheryl. No. So. Oh, no. No, no, so no, no. Okay. All right. Yeah, when I first got on military, I lived in Ohio for, oh, I don't remember, a few months. Um, and then uh, came home for uh, Robin, my older sister's second marriage, um, I believe. <laughs> right. I think um, it was when they threw the dog food. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that one. And mm -hmm. we... Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's really the time that uh, because you know what I I was angry. I I was angry. I did not want to meet Cheryl because I was angry and it had nothing to do with Cheryl. It had everything to do with my mother. And finally, I met her, and I was like, "Wow!" Um, and we spent the most time at uh, that event. And then I think I feel like. Um, I was coming up from Ohio on a pretty regular basis to the point that it was finally just determined that I should probably move back home. So stayed with Cheryl um, and you walk in the side door and if there was not an appropriate level or stack full of Diet Pepsi in um, Bud Light, um, then it was determined between the uh, Cheryl and I and the roommate that Cheryl had, um, I don't want to say her name just out of privacy reasons. Uh, and um, it, it was, you know, we kind of determined who, who was going to the store to make sure that we had those items. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't even think water played a factor. <laughs> no, uh, it wasn't a thing uh, back then. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, yeah, that was our staple. And how many nights were there when we would sit around having some Bud Lights and, you know, and our, our other roommate part of it, we'd get the kids to bed and, and it, you know, we would just, like, it was a free zone. You know, that, that living room was truly a free zone to a lot of people, not just the three of us, but it was totally a free zone there where we were able to express any emotion that came into our heads, kind of like it is here on Courage or Crazy, but... You know, the things we learned about each other and the emotions we shared and, um, you know, that particular roommate that we had at the time, um, she had recently lost her parents. And so she was dealing with a lot of that at the same time. And it was just kind of an emotional free zone for us to say whatever the hell was on our mind at the time. And we did. Yep. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had just, you know, lost um, my... Um, ex-girlfriend um, that was mm -hmm. killed and um, had just gone through that trial um, shortly before coming back to Michigan. So um, yeah, I mean, we just, it, you know, it was like being young and just sharing mm -hmm. and um, drinking poison and ivy, hangovers. Getting and poison ivy together. And, oh my God, we so did. <laughs> We just 
decided to burn trees that had poison ivy on them, just so you know how bad the poison ivy was. Oh, it was horrendous. It was awful. I'm genuinely <laughs> all seriously going and not Regina, judging <laughs> you. We, we literally cut down some trees in my backyard, and I'm just throwing them on a bonfire, and yeah, I'm very, very What the fun <laughs> okay. We all took turns going to the uh, urgent care to get injections. and Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was in our nasal passages. Oh, it was in our throats. It was it was well, it sounds like you guys, I mean, other than, and I can understand Regina having that feeling of not wanting to. Not that she's mad at you, but. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to meet, I, mean, I didn't want to be how, our mom. How would, yeah. I don't, I would have the same feeling. Yeah. Why would I want to do it? Not because you're angry at that person, but because of the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm using hand thing. gestures that nobody can watch because yeah, I'm searching for It's a the word. whole experience, you know. You know. It, it's the whole. It, and again, I I think a, a lot of kids are in this situation, and you know, Regina knows that firsthand in her industry. But mm-hmm. you know, I call it the ebb and flow of truths. Yeah. Um, because it seems to me, and Regina, I don't know. Correct me if you feel differently, but I still feel like there's a lot of secrets that were yet to be determined in our biological family. Oh, for sure. And, and so much. You can tell by your tone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I keep the accounts active just so I can <laughs> keep that information. Every now and again, I want to get in on Robbins just to see what her information is. But right. Yeah, you know, and I, I'd also say in regard to how that time frame when Cheryl and I, um, and I don't think I've um, really formally kind of talked with Cheryl about this, but, you know, the times that we spent together and uh, during, you know, living together and then, you know, us not living together, um, I, we have created a, a pretty, a, a pretty good relationship um at that point and then you know there's a, a point that uh Cheryl had reached out and, and uh needed my um my help with something um and I was there in a heartbeat um you know uh, not I didn't even think twice about it and so so Cheryl and I are two years apart um, and Robin and I are almost six years apart. Are you so, older or younger than Cheryl? Younger. Younger. I'm younger. Okay. Yeah. So Robin was born in 60. I was born, I was born in 66. Okay. So, um, and growing up, Robin and I have never really had a, a sibling relationship other than that, that, you know, that sibling you love to hate, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know, I, I don't have a lot of memories with Robin um, as a sibling, um, other than some acts of <laughs> violence, so to speak. Uh, I mean, I remember her, like, you know, grabbing me by my arm, swinging me, and then letting me go, and I hit the back of the bottom of the couch, and Cheryl has heard that story, I believe. Um, and, you know, I was the annoying little sister and get away from me kind of stuff. And, you know, so when I was six, you know, Robin was 11, 12 and, you know, kind of get the idea. And so she was always off kind of doing her thing. And 
so we had horses in common, but if I went in the show ring, uh, show ring and came out with more than what she accomplished, then she was not very happy about that, you know? So there was a lot of this rivalry back and forth, and me as a younger child didn't really, you know, I was just like, oh, look what I got, you know? It probably looked like, it probably felt like salt in the wound, but, um, so yeah, there wasn't a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of closeness there. Um, and, when Cheryl and I uh, connected and, and stayed together for a, long, a little bit, and then over the years, you know, I, I do feel like we definitely, and this is kind of answering the question down further, but I said it was a trick question, <laughs> number 11. Um, but I do feel closer um, to Cheryl because, you know, having those times together, um, being irresponsible, adults um because i didn't really i mean yes robin and i share memories um but her <laughs> memories of things are definitely much different than what my memories are so. yeah well i you know the thing that the thing that always gets me is every time i talk to you it's kind of like that long lost friend you know that i mean we don't it's not like we talk every week. I mean, sometimes we do, depending on what's going on with mom or whatever, you know, but I say real siblings do not necessarily <laughs> exactly. speak to I each other it's, every it's week. Just, I mean, I, I, I kind of, you know, when I started meeting everybody, I knew Ricky, of course, beforehand. And when I started meeting Robin and Regina, and I was just kind of, cause I had a shit adopted brother that we've talked about in my adoption mm. po podcast. And, you know, and I was just kind of, <clears throat> looking at it with like, all right, let's see what this all means, you know? So I, I didn't, I really did not want to meet my mom, but I really wanted to meet my brothers and sisters. And if there's more, I'd like to meet them too. Um, it, you know, I mean, I kind of just did that. But the thing that, the thing that amazed me is me and Regina look, or I mean, me and Robin look more alike. Regina and Ricky look more alike, but Regina and I actually are more alike. Mm -hmm. So, it, it, you know, again, it's this the family dynamics that surprised me over the course of time and and pleasant surprises, of course, yeah. you, you know, so it, it has been fun. I mean, I don't know. I never had a sister, so I can't have anything to compare it to. Do I? Well, I never I find, had a sister. What I find really funny is listening to Regina talk about the relationship with Robin and the two of them growing up in the same house. There are those dynamics. Having grown up with siblings and you know sisters in the mm -hmm. same house, there is always a two of the crew who are going to do better with one another. I can use the example: my oldest in middle. Mm -hmm. Oh, sweet baby! <laughs> oh my! They want to kill each other on a regular basis. Right now, both of them interacting with the youngest. Oh wow! I mean, it's absolutely fantastic, but the middle and the youngest have the absolute tightest bond with one another. So, I mean, it somehow, sometimes how it works out, Yeah, you know, and you know that world, maybe it's not the same for boys. I don't know. I would think so, though. Yeah. That I, I or mean, they just all hate each other and yeah, have well, to you know, I, I mean, bust it, up the furniture. I mean, growing up with somebody, it's a love hate because as children, we hate to share or we hate to, mm -hmm. you know, and so yeah. you're. It, it is kind of just a thing, but I, I find it cool 
I mean, we personally, I find it cool that if I, not always, because we do have differing opinions, but the cool well, thing course, about humans, we're the going cool to. thing about what I feel about mine and Regina's relationship is, even when we have differing opinions, mm-hmm. we're able to do what I wish every human being in this society would do <laughs> is we would we talk about them. Yeah. You know, we talk yeah. about them. Wow, Cheryl, that's a real big wish I know, right there. It's a huge wish, but I think that's <clears throat> that's kind of an a testament to when you've lived the life we have and all yeah. its weirdness and all its craziness, like you realize that, you know, <clears throat> circumstances create certain belief systems or or philosophies or reasons that they like something or don't like something and then I, I think if you if you take all of that into consideration, you have a, a greater respect for the fact of why they feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to destroy that respect by simply just standing firm and making sure they have to agree with you. Mm-hmm. I don't always agree with everything Regina says, but I love her and respect her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that's a, a lot of what it has. I've grown to love and respect her because of not only hearing her story and what she has accomplished, and how she overcame a ton of obstacles. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I've watched her. I've seen her. So there's a huge level of respect. Mm-hmm. All right, Trapper, do you, do you still have <laughs> yes. more questions, Trapper? Uh, do you have one? If not, I got, like, a shitload more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, right. you know, I just want to interject in here some of the things that R- Regina is kind of, she said, but I want to make sure our our listeners clearly understand so that you begin to understand the level of craziness that is this adoption thing that we, her and I both are part of. Our mother had us four children. Our mother has also been married five times. None of the husbands were any of our fathers. Um, And that's a story of mom's journey. She's been lied to. She's so Regina and I have talked about that and, and what brought her to make some of the decisions she made. But when you throw in all of that, she met, Regina mentioned that she never has sat down with any of us and clearly told us who our fathers were. We have found out by DNA and doing ancestry and 23andMe. Um, can, I, can, I, can I say something, Cheryl? Sure, of course. And I want to say it's not like we haven't, um, well, since 23 and me and, and and ancestry and stuff you know uh, uh our mother's um dementia has, has been at a point that having conversations with her um yes. they aren't as um the the memory's not there mm-hmm. yeah. however um she's very receptive um especially at the very beginning um of this this journey I'll call it with the uh, DNA of wanting to know the results. Um, So, um, and I don't, I guess interrupting Cheryl, I don't know what direction she was gonna go in. And um, I I do feel that she, and believe me, I'm not making excuses for her, but I do feel that she is a product of um, the way she was raised. Absolutely. 
And that's where I, um, that's exactly where I was yeah, headed. I was going to say, I exactly would, where that I would be headed. my thought process on she it. Was, she was lied to. Because we, yeah. this isn't, mm-hmm. stuff of this nature generally isn't just, oh, boom, here it is in this generation. Mm-hmm. What no. I have seen for my own family, it's stuff that starts much further back. Oh, yeah. And it just keeps perpetuating and perpetuating and perpetuating until, you know, here we are, your generation, me, Regina, and we're all left with, I can't even begin to fucking figure out my own damn family. What the yeah. hell? Well, what happened and, here? And, you know, Regina. <laughs> what that, the hell? Exactly. And, and that's where I was headed in the fact that through the course of my finding out, and I found out, I believe this was in 1987 when I first met. Um, our biological mother and I man I was angry and pissed off sometimes and then I tried to get over that and of course you know I moved to Arizona and spent time with her she her and I actually shared a house for a little while and man I'd get so frustrated and then I would go to oh I understand and then I would be angry and then I would be like oh I understand and so I think what through the course of learning and through the course of finding out more and more you know, let's call them what they are. They're just lies throughout the history. She became as much of a victim of the lies as any of us have been in not being told we had adopted siblings. And, you know, so you begin, the more I learn, the more I, the less I'm angry and agitated and upset. And the more I begin to realize that she truly was a victim of the lies she was told and the inability for the people around her to be completely honest. And and let's face it, when we grow up as children, we mimic behaviors. Mm -hmm. We do. So, you know, I I think doesn't generally start. Oh, this is, yeah. I mean, everything has an origin where it starts. Yeah. But something this complicated doesn't start like with this, one person. No, this doesn't. <laughs> because, I mean, and it is. It's incredibly complicated. As you shared the story over with me personally over mm-hmm. the years of knowing one another, as you wrote more out so that Trapper and I would have a better idea. And I'm reading this and I'm like, Cheryl? Yeah. How many times did I say your name in the last 40 years? Cheryl? Yeah. Well, you know, just so everyone knows what I'm talking about, what Regina is talking about, our mother was raised by who she thought was her mother. And we have found out through the DNA testing um, that it wasn't her mother. It was her oldest sister that so, was kind of forced to so raise her. Um, so, Regina, I don't know. I know mom found that out not too long ago, actually. And was she yeah. cognitively enough in her mind to sort of understand that or not you know when we first or when I first shared that with her um she was she was more able to uh, recall the conversations and we could talk a little bit more about it and um and you know she could say yeah that makes sense but you know um because we were we were shared you know little tidbits uh, of things, you know, like our grandfather was a womanizer and, you know, and things and little pieces of the puzzle just kind of put together. And of course, you know, we don't have the, the, the 
final say as to and but it's it's pretty much we've all decided that this is where it is right but, well the dna um, doesn't lie <laughs> and so yeah i mean now um because of the stage of dementia that she's in um she just talks about her fond memories growing up in St. Joe. And, I, you know, I think that that is pretty much around the, the times that she spent with um, her, what she thought was her grandmother um, and her, her aunt um, after they moved back from um, Arizona, I believe. I think that's, I I think that's correct. correct. I, I believe that's the timing. So, because I know that she spent summers in Arizona with uh, her quote-unquote grandmother and aunt, um, otherwise known as, gosh, now I sound like, you know, who on Facebook. Uh, uh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, who are actually, based on what we're finding out, uh, would have been her mother and her aunt, or her sister, sorry. Right. Um, so, um and I feel like after um, a period of time, then they they both moved back from Arizona. And I don't have that year time frame. Um, I don't know if any of us do. Um, and they pretty much stayed in the Benton Harbor, St. Joe area. Um, and mom just, she, she uh, constantly talks about uh, going to the amusement park that used to be there and spending her days there and uh, mm -hmm. her fond memories um, of that. So isn't that funny that cognitively, perhaps, I mean, of course, we don't know, we're not scientists or anything, but cognitively, her fondest memories are of what she thought was her grandma. But that connection obviously was there of a mother daughter, I think. Yeah. And she, oh, it, you know, she instinctively sure. knew that or felt it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where she considered her safe place and her her security, right. sort of. Mm -hmm. And that's why her fond memories are all of those times. And she's she's very bitter when you discuss um, or bring up um, who she thought was her mother, mm -hmm. um, because they did not have a mother daughter relationship, and she does not have good memories. Um, which I thought was kind of ironic that when I was a young child, she would make me go over there and spend time. <laughs> <laughs> you were the sacrificial oh, lamb. Another... Right, exactly. Um, you but, go better uh, you than me. Right. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, her lip and her chin will start to get tense and quiver when you, when you mention or when she discusses mm. um, those memories and then her whole facial expression and body will change when she talks about her grandmother. Hmm. Well, thank goodness so. she has those memories though. I mean, I, I, you know, if it, if there's anything in dementia that we want, all want for anyone going through dementia or Alzheimer's, um, you know, is we, we would all want them to have good memories, a lot more good than bad, of course. So, yeah. you know, hopefully the good will continue to be there and the bad will just go away. I mean, that's our hope for anybody dealing with dementia or Alzheimer's. All right. We have time for one more question because we are nearing the one hour. Okay. So who wants to go with it? Who wants to ask the big last final question? Trapper? 
Yeah, I'll go ahead and ask that final question. Okay. Um, thank you, Teresa, for allowing me the floor and the opportunity. Okay, not a problem. Um, you know, for all of our listeners, um, obviously there's a lot of crazy to the story, but um, I hope you can see that it's taken a lot of courage for both Regina and Cheryl to come forward and share this. Um, maybe you can connect to to parts of their story or some of their family experience. And, uh, you know, Regina, as, as we have a final question, I'm just curious, um, what advice you would give to parents considering giving a child up for adoption? And also a piece of advice for parents seeking to adopt a child. Well, well, parents that are giving up a child for adoption, that's a very personal um, experience. And, and, you know, my my advice uh, would, would not even um, come into play. I mean, that's just such a personal experience for them and, and the reasoning behind that decision. Um, I guess a recommendation I would make is um, opening up the possibility of connecting later in life. Uh, whatever that choice um, is currently um, that maybe later in life um, of either of the child um, particularly um, that there could be that connection of some sort. Um, for adopting parents, um, you know, it's it's so important. Um, I can, you know, I, I was on a journey for 53 years. <laughs> Because that's what it that that was when um, I was able to find out who my biological father is, and um, it's that piece. Whether you know or you don't know, um, you know, withholding that from a child, um, it can be detrimental. Um, I mean, some people don't want to know, and that's great, you know. But there's so many people out there that do. Um, adoption shouldn't be looked at as shameful or anything like that. It should be a, a conversation that, that when the child's old enough to understand what that means, um, that, um, you know, they can start understanding that process. Um, and, and another thing is don't talk negatively about that parent's choice to um, give up that child for adoption. Um, again, it's a very personal um, experience, um, a hard decision to make, um, but, you know, maintaining that connection or allowing that connection, um, you know, like these private adoptions or even if there's adoption through foster care, um, keeping that family present um, in the home, the biological family present in the home, um, it just, it, it says something for connection you know it, it it helps that child understand it helps them um create a, a stronger bond you know with that adoptive family um and, and things like that so probably a big jumbled mess of an explanation <laughs> i thought it was great me too i thought you did yeah, perfect. Just, don't worry great. about it <laughs> yeah i just I am very passionate about that. I mean, I get people that are just like, well, I don't want them to know about, and it's like, but it's not, it's not their decision to make 
you know. And um, Cheryl and I discussed that when we recorded her story of finding out that she was adopted and whatnot. And I, in that podcast, referred to the fact I had a friend growing up who he was adopted. He didn't know about it until much later. And the emotion that he, as a teenager, suddenly was having to battle with, I mean, it's a big thing, you know? Adoption, it's incredibly personal. For anybody who gives a child up for adoption, I completely understand that's one of the probably hardest decisions to come to Mm -hmm. for whatever the reason is. But the children also... You know, there needs to be, I understand maybe you don't want them to, but they're going to find out eventually, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As we say to our families, uh, because I also train um, families that go on this parenting journey, Um, but, you know, if you're not keeping that door open and those communications um, active, then they're going to seek out that information without a trusted adult to help them navigate mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. And um, it's just better to have that happen um, that way yeah. um, with the trusted adult so that, you know, things can be discussed. You know, information can be discussed. Yeah. I mean, I when I was 25 years old and found out that that person wasn't my father. I mean, I didn't know who to turn to. Um, Even growing up or even after that and looking, you know, you get an idea or you you get a lead and you're looking for yourself in other people. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just, um, it needs to be an active conversation with everybody. All right. Regina, thank you so much for joining us. To our listeners, this is only one hour. This is a story that's Mm -hmm. incredibly complex. I don't even know that based off what Cheryl shared with Trapper and I, if we've even scratched the surface of it. Mm -hmm. But it is a conversation. And we thank Regina for joining us and having this conversation. And we apologize if we didn't ship you tissues in advance which i should always just know that you know we're going to be talking about topics every now and then everyone's going to need a supply of tissues and i'm going to go ahead and cheryl thank you to you for you know yet again sharing your story and your jerry springer life (laughs) with us on courage or crazy and trapper it's to you you get to do your thing and takes us on out of here all right, all right. Let's take a deep, deep breath here because I always fuck this up. <laughs> for all, You're every good. Every single time. However, for all of our viewers and listeners and our audience, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Courage or Crazy. You can find us on all major social media platforms such as Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And you can always email us at courage at no. courageofcrazy.com no. or it's crazy <laughs> at courageofcrazy.com. It's crazy. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> Teresa, help me, damn it. Okay. 
Email us at crazy at courageorcrazy.com. Now finish. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And thank you for tuning in and following us. And we hope you have a lot of courage to get through life. And don't forget to add some crazy to it. And with that, we'll see everyone again next week. Bye.